In this episode of Stories Behind the Grind, listen to my conversation with Raymond Benson, co-owner of The Benson Group, a family business who started in 2000, running establishments such as Mons Ban Sabai Thai, Voda Best Thai restaurant in Queensland three years in a row, Paw Paw and Piggyback Cafe. How did you get started in the industry? So my, my background is engineering. Mm-hmm. So when I come to Australia, I've worked as an engineer for many, many years. And, you know, everybody has sort of a mid, midlife crisis. Oh, we live long lives. This, I think okay. that's the main, we live long lives. Like, maybe last generation, you used to get one job and stay there for the rest of your life. But you used to, didn't used to last long. I mean, people used to die at 65, maybe retire early or something, yeah. But then I said, I don't want to do engineering anymore. I just stopped. What made you, what made you decide this was it? could have been just a crisis, midlife crisis, you know, I was in my early 50s and um, yeah, just, you know, family issues, marriage breakdown, all those things. And I just, just stopped, didn't know what to do with myself. So for two years, I did nothing. But I went traveling a bit and I went to Thailand and I traveled there and I went to Chiang Mai and I did a cooking class there, just one class. I come back and start cooking for my family and I and they thought it was great so I said "Mm, maybe I can do this so then I went back to Thailand again and I really learned how to cook properly I worked in hotels in restaurants and and for three months learned Thai food about Thai food come back and started the cooking school and why did I start the cooking school cooking school has no no overheads it's just me and I was doing it from my house and I was going to people's homes and doing it. So I tr- you know, have, have walk, will travel. So I used to pick up everything in my car, the walk, the chopping knives, everything. But all around, as far as Dolby, Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast, I've done private classes with famous people I didn't even recognize. <laughs> all those things, yeah. And it was good, but still not enough work because you do, I mean, a cooking class, you do one a week. Weekend sometimes, and then this uh, this restaurant in Cam Hill come up for sale called Mons Thai, perfect place to do cooking class at a separate area at the back. So I bought it, and I had a restaurant. What am I doing now? I had no idea about restaurants, no idea. After being used to sit on to sit in an office all the time, all of a sudden I'm on my feet all the time, and I was going home and I. It was in so much pain, my knees. It was so much pain. I said, oh my God, what have I done? I'm going to die, you know. And after three months, the pain stopped. But I was enthusiastic, of course. Oh, I can do this. And talking to the customers and being, you know, the, the cleaner. The, I knew how to cook, but I had to cook. I didn't cook in the kitchen because you cannot learn. You cannot become a chef in three months working in Thailand or so. Practicing, but yeah, I understood the food, of course, yeah. And if it didn't come out right, I was able to check that. And so it came out good, and um, business starts growing. I knew all the customers. Like in Europe, the, the owner or the chef always comes into the to, to, to into the, the room and, and talks, yeah, talks to them how how was your food, you know. I don't do it anymore because I think who wants to talk to some silly old man now? Here's a training place, and everyone said, Who is this guy? But in a small restaurant, you do that still. So, 
customers start coming, they love it. We start winning awards, we start getting busy and it was good. And there was always my passion food, you know, I always wanted to be in hospitality. My father said, you cannot become, you cannot work in hospitality because people in hospitality don't, don't go to church on Sundays. Oh, really? So I had to do engineering and I hated engineering. <laughs> so, and then um, business grew, I bought another restaurant in West End. It wasn't good because it was in Hargraves Road. In Hargraves Road is where all these Vietnamese places are. Mm. And uh, Vietnamese food is good, but it's basically the ingredients and that is, is low-cost ingredients. It's mainly just you know, a bit of soup, a bit of stock. And it's, so with Thai food, you couldn't really compete price-wise. And then I dis realized people go to West End, to the area at the time, for cheap eat. So I, I sold it, you know, and become a Indonesian restaurant, and I think now it's probably something else again. And then that's then when gradually my children got involved, my son and then Georgina. And then we start expanding, you know. And uh, yes, and, and learn from our mistakes, which we make many, but you make mistakes in business. And you have to, uh, yeah. no other way to learn. Though. Well, if you don't make mistakes, you don't grow, you don't learn, you know. You make decisions. Just important thing is to realize when you make the mistake, if you have a, a business that doesn't perform, you check through, find out why it doesn't perform. Mm, so there could be many things, the wrong location maybe, the wrong product. Uh, of course the first thing you see is, is the food that comes out good. You know, what do customers think about that, you know. But even if they're saying, we have a business nowhere, the, the, we think it's the best food, eh? we the best chef, you know, the, the business, the food is good, uh, the customers love it, but it's sort of in the wrong area. So not enough people come to my business. So I said, okay, let's get rid of it. Because if you don't make money, mm. you can't stay in business forever and not making money. Yeah. And you should make good money. Mm. I mean, in, in hospitality, you don't make really good money, but good cash flow. If you don't do that, sell it. Because there's no point sticking with it, because that drags down your other business, or it's into your, your investments, or your savings, and that. So get, get rid of it. Even if, it, even if you lose money. I mean, obviously if you sell a business, especially you haven't had it for a long time and you've invested money in it, you lose money. It doesn't matter because long term you lose more. And then it's all the ones that do well, so we just keep on, keep on going. Keep on, keep on growing, <laughs> day by day. Maybe not even growing, you know, you come to a, a size when you don't have to decide, do I want to, stop or do I want to keep growing because because after after a certain size you need then a, a different infrastructure you need to set up an office you then need accountants you need marketing people uh, you need managers and that and so that's increase your overheads so then you in fact your revenue goes down so you only make that decision to say yes I want to have 10 or 15 or 20 restaurants, or I want to franchise maybe, or, or you've got an extremely good product or setup, that, yeah, that you want to expand, you don't need to franchise it. Then you can do this, 
but always make sure you've got the money and, and be very careful expanding because many people try to expand too, expand too quick and then you have a cash flow crisis and don't have the money, you have to close down or start selling off and when you're selling off is fire sale mm. so you sell at a loss and, and, and you're stuck yeah, you, you, you're gone, you're gone so you have to be very very careful and uh, always make sure that the business that you have perform well, make money, cash flow and have the consideration that the next one you open you lose money and if I lose money will I survive? Will this business here support a loss-making organization, operation. So, it's okay, but then if you have one or two or three of them that lose money, mm -hmm. especially initially, can take six months, can take a year, till you make money, can take two years, and you're in trouble. So, be careful all the time, or make sure you got the money. You might have a rich, rich parents that give you all the money you need, but those companies never survive because they mm -hmm. don't but try hard. Well, yeah, yeah. even, even well, your parents say one day, oh, no, 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 come on, come on, son, you know, I don't want to give you any money or you are, you are a loser, you know. <laughs> this, so, and, and, and especially with that situation, sometimes you are not careful enough because you think, ah, I got money anyway, it doesn't matter if I lose it, you know, but we've seen companies around town that are closing down because of that reason. Running a business is not too difficult, running a restaurant, I think it's not too difficult. But then I say that because we've done it for a long time. Like I say, the first one. It's a hard one. The first one is, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, why am I here? Why did I do that? But then at the end of the night, I used to sit alone in my restaurant and say, wow, this is my restaurant. And you are your own boss? Must be the best feeling. Yeah. But generally, you see, a lot of people have just one restaurant. Especially if you are a chef, you are in the kitchen. You cook, you are a good cook, you know, and uh, but you are basically stuck. It's, you really just have a job. If you are a good chef and one only just one restaurant, you might as well just work for someone else because you earn more money working for someone else, less stress, you know. And you, and you cannot expand because you are you are the chef. So a, a business person, I think, does better running restaurants. Than a chef. And you know how to delegate, how to find the right people, and how to employ them, and and that, and, and you and you can do better than just uh, a chef. Just, yeah, I'm a good cook. I want the rest stuck in the kitchen. He doesn't see what happens from the house. Mm. You know, and that could be other. They could be cheating, taking the money. They could give bad service. Uh, you know, and he, the best food comes out and. and Customers are not maybe customer then like the food not impressed with the service or with the cleanliness of the place, all those things. So it's very very tricky. How do you find finding the best people? People is always difficult, you know, but um, in as us in our group we were pretty lucky because. Uh, we mainly are Asian oriented food and I can tell you Asian people are much better employees than Western people. Mm. We serve Western chefs here and nothing but problems. 
and then uh, we took on uh, Asian head chef and she just finds she just finds the people because uh, Asian community they stick together Very so they always know and then, then they also know that okay this company is a good employer so they all want to come and work for you so they see head chefs oh can oh, I'm a chef can I come and work for you my sister uh, told me that you need someone and uh, I don't like where I am or my my uh, job is finished or I lost my job or someone else is coming as a student or something so we've been very lucky we have very little issues with uh, in the kitchen yeah front of house those girls are lovely uh, one important thing is to give them good training and to give them a reasonable amount of hours to work in hospitality sometimes uh, they employ a lot of girls but they might give them only Ten hours a week to work, just casual, casual, casual. So you give them more hours, they are more dedicated mm. and more interested to come to work for you. And then they know that if they don't work well, they don't lose their job. Mm. Yeah, they have to go again find another job where they get a few hours. So if they get good hours, they try harder. They know your system better, and they know what you expect from them better, and they, and they are happier. And the other thing is also give them training. Tell them what they need to do, how they need to do it. Give them it's very important to sit down, tell them what, what is good, what is not right, and that, so they feel better about themselves too if they do a good job. So all this works. And they, they can improve? Yeah, yes, and they can improve. And if they don't improve, you also explain to them why they might lose their job. You know, which, which people sometimes, some people just don't have the skills, you know, everybody, because in Australia people are not professional in it. Mm. So there's n you don't have professional waiters like in, in Europe. There's no formal training. In your, yeah, that's right. So and because of that, everybody thinks oh, I can you know I can be a waitress but not everybody is suitable for it. They might have the right personality, the right skills. So you just tell them look, maybe you should go and work in a shop or do something else. Fingerspitzengefühl we say in German, you know that sense of uh, in your hands how to do things mm. properly and right you know you might see dirt on the floor you just walk past it you know the, the, you might see the glasses are not polished you might not see just grab a glass and that some people just oh, tuck, 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 and they just do it yeah. so that's a, a big story with a few words how have you seen the industry change in the last um, couple of years thing that uh, we, we're talking now about Brisbane of course mm. Brisbane becomes more and more competitive, which means that the hospitality becomes better and better. Because you have to become better to stay competitive. As we always used to think that mm, the food in Melbourne, or not as much Sydney, but in Melbourne, the quality of food and service in there was better. And we used to get inspiration from them. But uh, not anymore. I think they are just as good as they are. And one thing that in Queensland we are friendly, service is friendly. Like if you go down to Melbourne, go to those restaurants, and that service is not friendly anymore. Because there's too many people, maybe they are too busy and uh, they don't give the same service anymore. Quality definitely has improved, and it's still improving. And, uh, more competitive, more restaurants around, more coffee shops around. 
course the ones that are not good don't survive but a lot of restaurants are just family owned or just a guy that buys a job so of course he has to survive so he's he might have plans to expand to something or to grow or to make good money or then he won't he probably, his wages probably drop and drop and drop till one day he says i had enough i'm going back to become an accountant <laughs> or whatever he was doing before if you have a good business because population grows your business will grow so i'm pretty optimistic about things things, things happening here our, our business is fairly stable and and growing slowly slowly yes. so i see good future for hospitality in queensland you mentioned um, a good a good business what's what's your definition of a good business i guess a good business is a business that makes a profit hospitality is very low margins mm. so when i was in engineering we were making between 30 and 100 percent margins on equipment and especially on spare parts and that sort very very good money in hospitality if you're a good operator you'll make between 10 and 15 percent profit on your turnover so it's a very so you always walk the fine line so it's mainly cash flow so the trick is so that we call it about this break-even point so you have to bridge the break-even point so cost for rent overheads insurance energy is just incredibly high in, in Australia so you have to reach that so you might reach a figure of I have to turn over twenty thousand dollars to let's say to break even so if I take under twenty thousand dollars I lose money if I take twenty thousand dollars I break even that also include cost of ingredients let's say you work it out twenty thousand dollars ingredients is about thirty percent wages is a bit higher but once you reach the break-even point, because you have the overheads, you, you pay for the insurance, uh, you pay for the staff, then you only have to deduct the cost of the ingredients and maybe a bit more for energy, gas, electricity. So then you make a good profit. So it's cost of, cost of ingredients is, let's say, 30%. You add a bit cost for gas, electricity, and if you set, let's say, 35% cost. So that's 65% profit. So once you reach that figure, you make good money. But generally during the week, you're just trading to, to break, you know, to pay for your costs. Mm -hmm. So then we can, you're very busy mm -hmm. to make some profit. Yeah, yeah. But so that's why it's very important in the rest, it's very important to have a busy restaurant. So once you've got a busy restaurant, then you can make money. But that's, that's the hardest thing to be, busy and, and full all the time and in, in Queensland most of the places you walk past especially during the week quiet even pubs even hotels there's only a few of them that are busy all the time some trendy places that, that always have people in there for some reason but most people don't but here we can't I don't know if you know this place but we can is queues waiting outside you know very busy you know but of course during the week coffee shop maybe parking is not people have these thoughts that it's hard to find a car parking that here so they might not come as many during the week mm. but 
that we can easy parking so they can't be okay. So that makes it above break even point and we make a visible visible living out of it. Location is quite a big a big factor. Very important, yeah. Yeah, you can you know because let's like say we have some restaurants with one place in in Tingalpa where it's in a shopping centre and the wrong location. You know, it's, it's the wrong demographics, you know, people don't go out as often as that, you know. And so always a bit of a struggle. And then other ones we got one in Balmoral, mm. in riding road. Of course, busy. Mm. People have money, people can afford people that live there. Yeah, yes, and breakfast and, and that's, that's a, a night restaurant mainly, you know, but they go out for dinner, take away or come and eat, you know, so you see the same faces two or three times a week. The other place they just probably save up to go out for dinner once once a month or something. Mm. Product of course, you know. Mm. Um, they say an Afghani restaurant in in Cam Hill, it's always busy. Now why? It's it's good, but it's always busy because it's how many Afghani restaurants do you know? Not many. So it's, it's the right product in in a, in a, in the right area. Indian restaurants, it's good product, good good food, nothing wrong with it. But there's so many Indian restaurants around that you've got so many choices. So they are not generally there. You don't see too many busy Indian restaurants for that reason. Plus, you cannot. Eat Indian food every day. It's, it's a bit heavy and that. So you might go for Indian once a week, twice a month. But then for some Vietnamese food, you can eat every day. It's just nice and easy. Thai food too, you know, the same. You can eat it every day. So you have just more customers coming. Some people say, why don't you start a vegetarian restaurant? Why would you start a vegetarian restaurant? You eliminate 90% of the customers. But then, of course, you'll have 10% of the customers who have little choices. So, in the right place, maybe West End or somewhere, a vegetarian restaurant might do very well. Location and the product makes a difference. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Would really appreciate it if you left a rating. For more inspiring stories and advice, follow Stories Behind the Grind on Instagram and Facebook.